It is time for another edition of the Todd Pod. My guests on this week's show are the Hutchins Twins. You can check out their stuff at HutchinsTwins.com. We're going to talk about Oklahoma State's roller coaster season, how the Cowboys stuck it to Oklahoma twice this year, about the Big 12 championship game, uh, and then we're going to have a battle of the Twins as well in this week's episode. But the Todd Pod is brought to you by MidFirst Bank, Next Generation Roofing, FireLakeJobs.com, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, and Oklahoma Ford Dealers. Now, I've got a Ford. It's a 2008 model, over 180,000 miles on that car. It's sitting out in the driveway right now, so I can attest that Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Be sure to drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford Dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. And again, I can attest, Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Now let's get to the Todd Pod. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Todd Pod. I am Todd Lisenby, and as you can see, my two guests today look a lot like each other. It's the twins. It's Ben and Sam Hutchins, the Hutchins twins, who I have learned to tell apart by this little memory trick. Ben is a little bigger. Sam is a little slimmer. So we're using the, you know, the bigger slimmer to figure out Ben and Sam. It's worked so far. Hopefully I don't get them confused. On this Todd Pod, fellas, how we doing? Ben first, Sam second. Ben first. That's 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 a real treat. Uh, we I'm nothing we did if not back... alphabetical, Ben. <laughs> we did get back from the doctor today, Todd. The updated standings are: Sam is taller, and and, and I'm just a uh, a little bit thicker. So so you're right. That's that's the great that's the great trick you're using. You know, we've Sam? had debates. We we find it interesting that you go Ben first. We think the majority of people refer to us as Sam and Ben, including our little brother. When he's asking our mom, when are Sam and Ben getting back? That's what he says. But there are a certain subset of people that say Ben and Sam. So um, interesting that you fall into that camp of introduction. You can go either way, but I think most people just say Sam and Ben. I don't know if it rolls off the tongue better or what. Yeah, I mean, I well, I'm a big fan of Ben and Jerry. So I think that's probably why wow. I, you know lean towards Ben and Sam with you two. Well, I obviously brought you two guys on. Uh, we could talk for days about what it's like to grow up as twins because I'm fascinated by it. But I brought you two guys on to talk about Oklahoma State. The Cowboys somehow, some way, against everyone's better judgment, it seems, are in the Big 12 championship game in one of the weirdest seasons of all time in Stillwater. So I guess I'll start with Sam this time. Sam, I mean, how did we get here? How can you even describe to somebody if they just came off like a spaceship, what even has expired in the last four months? Yeah, craziness. <clears throat> I think the maybe the best way to wrap at least my head around this, Todd, is Oklahoma State is not necessarily a very, very, very good football team. I think the Cowboys are a very, very successful football team. And hopefully that's enough of a distinction because the standings – the Cowboys finished 8th in the Big 12 in points scored and 8th in the Big 12 in points allowed. Um, that's fascinating that they're one of the two teams standing in this uh, quest to get to Jerry World and, and win the whole conference. They very well could. Um, a lot of that is skewed. The Cowboys got smoked in UCF and um, at UCF. So Orlando, uh, that all messed with the, the scoring and stuff. But it's not like the Cowboys have been blowing teams out. They've kind of been on the receiving end of just as many blowouts as they've had. So it's fascinating, but they're here. And um, sometimes I still don't understand how exactly the Cowboys have, have gotten to Arlington. Ben, how would you describe what you've seen this year? 
I mean, Todd, my mind just goes back to when I came on your show earlier in the season. It was like week four after OSU had, you know, lost to South Alabama. I, lost I, I, think, I think the actual like title of that show was should OSU fans be hitting the panic button? Yeah. Like you and I were both talking people off the ledge. I mean, at that point in the season, it was what's going on here. OSU had hardly chosen a quarterback. They have, have since uh, changed the running scheme. At that point, Ollie Gordon was, you know, a, a like a 10 carry a game guy. I mean, it's just a completely different conversation from the one we were having earlier. Yeah, it is crazy how this season has gone. And I'll I'll go to Ben this this time first. I I think you could make this argument. Is this Mike Gundy's best coaching job, what he's done in 2023 with this team? Yes, I think it is. Um, at least in my recent memory, Todd. In in 2021, you look at the the great defense they had, the two NFL linebackers in the middle, you know, NFL drafted guys in the secondary. Um, 2011, Big 12 championship team there, the guys they had on offense. This year, I I don't think of as many of those NFL guys on the roster right now. I think Nick Martin's going to be a great player. Ollie Gordon is is going to get drafted in the NFL. Um, but across the board, they don't have that super dominant 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 unit offense or defense um and the cowboys haven't been blowing teams out of the water they've just been successful they've been winning so yeah definitely uh mike gundy's best year at least in my recent memory coaching especially sam do you agree yeah if you extend the year back to right after the guaranteed rate bowl last season this this was supposed to be everything's crashing down the sky is falling so if we extend it back like that gundy's been solid in game management that's shown in the Cowboys winning an overtime game last week, tight games. They, they barely won Bedlam, uh, beat Kansas State and Kansas in close games with solid game management. But even before the season even started, Gundy got this team on the same page. Um, and he, you know, I talked with Preston Wilson yesterday, offensive lineman for the Cowboys. And he said, talking about the transfer portal and how things really felt so different when the offseason narrative was the Cowboys are transfer portal losers. And um, Wilson said, hey, you know, the the Cowboys, they got rid of the players that didn't want to be there. Coaches did a good job of bringing players that would fit and wanted to be there. And now not only has the, the narrative flipped that, wow, the Cowboys are winning a lot of games. The Cowboys kind of won the transfer portal that seemed unfathomable when they lost John Paul Richardson and Spencer Sanders and all those guys. So if you extend this further back, yeah, Gundy's done a heck of a job in, in turning this this team around. Sam, are are you – we kind of talked about this before the first time – or excuse me, Ben, the first time we talked – see, I, I got you confused. It's already happened. <laughs> the, first, the first time we talked, Ben, we mentioned this. Um, the fans, it turns out, were right in what they wanted, which was Oklahoma State to settle on one quarterback and to give the ball to Ollie Gordon more. So Oklahoma State's going into a Big 12 championship game. I'm not saying that fans should forever be upset about it, but – is there still a subset of Oklahoma State fans that are still like, man, this could be so much better had things just gone correctly at the beginning of the season like we all saw? I think if you take back that South Alabama game, if, if the Cowboys would have just probably started Bowman and if they'd have had, if, if they would have taken out all the uh, East and West running plays and just given it to Gordon up the middle a lot more, you know, the Cowboys, they probably win that South Alabama game now. And then you're looking at, a New Year's Six Bowl in, in all likelihood and um, two wins or two losses on the season. But 
you're still right, Todd. There are still people that can point to that South Alabama game as that just cut all the the true ceiling out of this season. Because at that point, Oklahoma State was not going to make a playoff in anything. And it turned out that they've been a team, if they didn't scuttle so early in the beginning, then that is right. It's There's still reason to be disappointed for how the start of the year happened. But look, but look, like there's always going to be fans who thought it could have been better. There's always going to be that subsection of fans. But I think if you take a poll of, of, of OSU fans as a whole, from the pulse I've gotten, Todd, to stick it to OU, to beat them, to win the last bedlam, and then stick it to them again uh, in the last week, you know, ripping the heart out, um, and then to make a Big 12 championship, I don't think there's too many OSU fans thinking about what could have been. I think most OSU fans are pretty satisfied with the way this season has gone. Speaking of how it went down last week, so there used to be, you guys are not big soccer fans, I know, but there used to be a show back in the day on Sky Sports in England. It was called Sky Sports Fan Zone. And it would be a fan of, say, Manchester City and a fan of Liverpool, and they'd be watching the game together and just reacting to the game. And you could watch them taunt each other. Their only (laughs) deal was they had to keep it clean, right? And you'd see the goal (laughs) celebrations. And I remember watching it, and I'm a Manchester City fan, and they were playing a team called West Bromwich Albion, West Brom. West Brom, lower table team. And West Brom scored a goal to go ahead of Man City. And the guy that scored it was offside. And back then they couldn't reverse it with replay. So they show the replay and the Man City fan goes, I can't believe it. He's offside. And the West Brom fan says, that makes it even better. For (laughs) Oklahoma State fans, it was not pretty on Saturday. But the way the first half all went down, do you feel like, we'll start with you, Ben, that the way it finished made it even better, even though it was a roller coaster ride? How familiar are you with Cars 2, the animated movie? Um, I've watched my son watch it a lot, but I haven't watched it. Okay, because that was, uh, that was all the rage back in the day in our house, Todd. And there's a quote from uh, Francesco Bernoulli, one of the cars in there. And I think he's talking to McQueen. He said, to truly crush a rival's dreams, you must get their hopes really high and bring them crashing down. And I think that's what happened. Uh, I, I think o- OU fans saw what was happening at halftime and started to believe their hopes got really high and Oklahoma State dashed it. Uh, so I, I do think that it made it a little bit sweeter for the Cowboys the way that one ended. I mean, Sam, you put out the Twitter poll. What did your Twitter poll say? Yeah, I put out a poll after the game, uh, the BYU game, that, that said something like, hey, Oklahoma State fans, help me out. I'm curious. Two options. Are you happier tonight? that Oklahoma State is going to the Big 12 championship game? Or are you happier with this result because OU is not going? And uh, th- I got a few hundred, hundred votes, and it was really split. I think it was maybe 55% of fans were just happy Oklahoma State made it. But there were 45% and a pretty vocal 45% that said, ha we don't really care what happens. You know, there, there are people saying, Texas could beat us. We don't care. But... We're just happy that Oklahoma is not going. So I was fascinated by that. And I guess I understand a fan's um, point on both sides of that. But I, I tend to settle ultimately on, on what Ben kind of said is this, the Cowboy fans seem by and large very grateful for this season just because I, I, can't, I can't think of a, a, way, a way OSU season would have gone that would frustrate OU fans more. They, 
the Cowboys season kind of seems like the ultimate middle finger to OU, which um, it's the last time either school will have a chance to, to give the middle finger before leaving conferences. So um, certainly an important season, I think, in the Gundy legacy. Um, and, and I've thought about that too a little bit. Gundy, he ends against OU winning two out of three times. If, if OU goes to the SEC four years ago, Todd, Gundy's record in Bedlam and maybe his ultimate, his legacy is a little different, but now it's wow. Gundy kind of ends Bedlam on a hot streak. Who, who'd have thought? And it means a lot here in Stillwater. Yeah, I think, what does he have? Four Bedlam wins now? Is that right? I think is four. It, I believe that's yeah, right. Yeah, and I think he's the... Oh, I think yeah, he's the only Oklahoma State coach ever with four Bedlam wins. Now, he's got a lot more losses than some other ones. Uh, but, yeah, he does change his legacy a lot in the last three years. I have to ask you guys, uh, first off, we'll start with Sam on this one. What did what did you make at halftime on Saturday? Like, what were, was it? was it a thought? Like, did you think they could legitimately get back in the game? Did you think that BYU had emptied the tank? Or did you think this was the beginning of the end for the Cowboys? Good question, because it was a weird feeling at halftime. But I remember talking with Ben, um, so hopefully he, he remembers this conversation, or it'll make me uh, just seem like I'm tooting my own horn. But Ben and I both kind of had the thought, this game really doesn't feel over. And I'll tell you why. It was because the Cowboys had just dealt with the same slow start last week, uh, the week before, in Houston. In Houston, and yeah. Oklahoma State was actually down more later in the game against BYU. but. The, the BYU game, it kind of just felt like the Cowboys were getting gashed by their own mistakes and by special teams and just BYU kind of being tricky. Good for BYU. But when the Cowboys came back against Houston, it was it almost felt more impressive because Houston had just been outplaying OSU in the first half. And then the Cowboys turned it around. But Oklahoma State was certainly being outplayed, but more of out-schemed, out-coached um, against BYU. So it it never felt over to me. Um, but it, it did feel, I mean, I certainly had the thoughts of, wow, this story, the narrative of this entire season for Oklahoma state is going to be, you beat OU in Bedlam. And then instead of sticking it to OU in the last week, you lose to one of the statistically worst teams in the big 12 and leave the door wide open for your departing rival OU and kind of chauffeur them into the big 12, the sec coronation of the big 12 championship game. So talk about a huge two quarters. For Brett Yormark, for Mike Gundy, for everyone in Stillwater, and um, kind of the the Big Twelve in general. So Ben, I'm going to ask you then, and Sam, you can you can jump in if you want to, because if you guys had that conversation and you both felt like the game wasn't over, um, I know there were a lot of people, Oklahoma fans, Oklahoma State fans, and media members who were surprised at how empty Boone Pickens Stadium was in the third quarter. Did that surprise you? And do you think that's uh, do you think Oklahoma State fans deserve to kind of get knocked for how they attended that game or didn't attend it in the second half? I think I was surprised, Todd. And it wasn't a case where a bunch of fans left at halftime. Um, the the level was kind of the same throughout the entire game. There just wasn't a full crowd to begin with. And you can point out, hey, the students were on, you know, we're at home uh, for Thanksgiving. You know, that was certainly maybe a factor. Um, but I think the surprise has more to do with how well Oklahoma State fans have attended games this season. They've really been great, which is was which was why it was kind of weird to see uh, maybe eighty percent, seventy five percent full. 
Yeah, the student section was kind of the the section letting the stadium down. And usually that's not the case. The students are the ones that show out, but that's what I was most surprised about. And maybe a ton of people from Dallas, you know, had had Thanksgiving in Texas and didn't make it up. But it was weird to see the the student section kind of the least full part of uh of, of the whole Boone Pickett Stadium. Yeah. Todd, that was something we noticed when we walked in like, dang, how many times has Oklahoma State played for a Big 12 championship game? Not not many. And um I think there would have been a lot of fans regretting not showing up if uh, the Cowboys lost that game and maybe they felt like they could have made the difference. Well, and I'm tooting my own horn here because I'll I'll have something coming out later this week, but you're looking at next year, if you're in that same scenario, you're going to a Big 12 championship game possibly for a chance to play into a 12-team playoff. So, um, you know, I was a little bit surprised, uh, but also – I'm an admitted OU basketball fan, and I try to be easy on the Lloyd Noble attendance because I don't go. And if I'm complaining, I should go more. So I also know that I wouldn't have wanted to sit out there for four hours in the cold and rain either. Uh, Of course, I'm old and cranky. But on to this week. I'm I'm pretty fearful for the Cowboys, to be honest with you, uh, against Texas. I think Texas kind of has it rolling right now. Um, and I, I think Oklahoma State is underdogs by a bunch for good reason. This season has been so weird, though. It would be so Oklahoma State to go down there and at least make it a ball game. You mentioned it earlier. I think uh, I think it was Sam mentioned that you know right now there are a lot of Oklahoma State fans that really don't even care that this is all just the cherry on top, the icing on the cake. But realistically, what does Oklahoma State have to do in your mind to take down Texas and win the Big Twelve Saturday? Well, the spread is 11 and a half, so they're not going to be able to uh, mount a second half comeback. That can't happen. You can do it against BYU. You can even do it against Houston. You don't want to try it against the Longhorns. So that needs to be said first and foremost. Um, but they need to block. They need to block. Um, Texas has like the number four rush defense in the nation. Yeah, and it Murphy starts in front. Those two big guys. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, they're, they're SEC guys playing in the Big 12 line. Um, and the Cowboys, it's no secret. Ollie Gordon is kind of the engine behind this team. And Mike Gunny said, look, we're going to try and get Ollie the ball. They're going to try and stop him. All the cards are on the table this late in the year. So the Cowboys, they need to block and give Ollie Gordon some space to run. Now I'll tell you, it's kind of one of those deals, almost a reverse of 21 when Baylor was the spoiler to Oklahoma State's potential playoff berth. If this game is tight late, all the pressure ratchets up on Texas and Oklahoma state's been great late when Ollie Gordon has been, uh, you know, kind of wearing the team down and maybe he rips off a huge chunk late to, uh, to, to swing the game with a long touchdown. I think if the Cowboys get off to a good start and keep it close late, they have a fighting chance. Um, the 2021 game was just really weird. I think Spencer Sanders threw four interceptions and three of them were just boom, boom, boom in that game. So the Cowboys, Two years ago, starting bad would be a compliment to how they started. It was a horrendous start against Baylor two years ago. But if the Cowboys can be the first team to force a turnover, and if the Cowboys can keep it close in the fourth quarter, um, I I give them a good shot just because they played well in big games. The three biggest games they played, OU, K-State, I guess Kansas would be one of that third, but they've been great when they need to be. So... Maybe there's a, a little more Gundy magic left in the tank. 
Yeah, you said exactly what I was thinking. I think the Cowboys are going to have to force some turnovers, make some big plays on defense, uh, because I just don't think you're going to go out and shut down Texas offensively, you know, drive in and drive out. You're going to have to get off the field with some big plays, or Texas is going to have to beat themselves by making some mistakes. But, you know, Oklahoma State has taken advantage when they've had those opportunities late in the season, especially. I do want to ask about Texas, though, because – you know, the schedule came out before the season. Oklahoma State wasn't playing Texas in the regular season. Uh, they are going to now get a shot at them. How much, do, from the pulse of the fans, do you guys feel Oklahoma State dislikes Texas? Like, where do they fall on the list if obviously Oklahoma's number one? Is it Texas a close second? It Has that changed since Texas has announced they're going to the SEC with OU? I think Texas is second. I wouldn't call it close. I think OU's way up here and Texas is maybe down here. But I think there is a, a clear second least favorite team, uh, which is the Longhorns, probably because so many OSU people are from Texas. Um, but I don't think the hate is there as much because OSU's had so much success against Texas in, in the last 10 or so years, right? It's, it's easier to kind of get along and, and not be as uh, bitter toward a team you keep beating. Oklahoma Oklahoma fans kind of like to to say that Bedlam is a one-sided rivalry, and I understand why OU fans say that, because there's nothing that irritates an OSU fan more. But with, with the rivalry between Oklahoma State and Texas, I feel like that might actually be more of a little one-sided. Because Oklahoma State fans, they don't like Texas. Like Ben said, it's not a close number two, but it's number two. But Texas fans, I don't think that they really care about Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma State at all. Um, j- just kind of a, you know, one of the, the feisty big 12 teams, but that to me is, um, maybe a little more one-sided, but yeah, you know, if only OU was leaving for the SEC, then Texas would be the pretty clear, uh, new rival replacement. All right. Now we're going to do a little trivia between you two. Okay. Um, you guys ever see the game? I know they're doing a comeback with it right now. Name that tune. I've, I think, I, I think I can pick up on, on kind of the gist of it. I, I've never okay, seen so it. Basically, is it worth a watch? Well, uh, yeah, yeah probably not. <laughs> uh, name that name that tune. You would say like I can name that song in four notes, and then Sam would say I can name it in three notes, and and you guys eventually someone would go name that tune. Okay, okay. So we're gonna do the same concept, but here's what we're gonna do. I have in front of me the list of the top ten all time leaders in passing yards, rushing yards, and receiving yards at Oklahoma State. Okay, the top 10. We're going to start with Sam. Career passing yards. And I'm going to have to look down at these, so you guys bear with me. Career passing yards out of the top 10. Sam, how many do you think you can name in 60 seconds? How about 30 seconds? I'll I'll bid. This is kind of like spades. You you bid, and uh, hopefully you can get at least match your bid. Um. With the disclaimer that I did not grow up an Oklahoma State fan, but I have tried to be a good reporter and learn a lot, uh, I, I think I can get seven. Ooh, seven career passing yep. leaders. We're going yards only. Do you want to go eight, Ben? Okay, of course the twin. I mean, I was thinking seven as well. I think I'm going to put Sam to the test. I want to see if he can get to seven. All right, Sam. I got 30 seconds here on the clock. You ready? Go. Okay. I think Spencer Sanders is one, Mike Gundy, Brandon Whedon, um, J.W. Walsh, I'd imagine, is on there. Nope. Okay, is Josh Fields on there, surely. That's four. Um, Taylor Cornelius, 
How much did That's he play? Five. Corn dog. I'll say Bobby Reed because he's coming to mind. I don't think he played enough though. Nope. How about uh, Zach Robinson? Oh, you got six, and your time is up. Oh, and he missed oh. the obvious one, Todd. Oh no! Two. Oh, who did I miss? That was obvious. I'm trying to think. I said Gundy. Go right? ahead and tell. Go ahead and tell him, Ben. Sam, you're gonna kick yourself. You missed Mason Rudolph. Oh yeah, that's that's one I know. I, I that's terrible. So the I promise the, top- I promised the folks at home I, I am aware of Mason Rudolph. <laughs> the official top ten: Mason Rudolph one, Spencer Sanders two. Brandon Whedon, three. Mike Gundy. Okay. Number four. Uh, Zach Robinson, five. Josh Field, six. Tony Jones, seven. Clint Shelf, eight. Taylor Cornelius, nine. And Tony Lindsay, number 10 for Oklahoma I State all time. Shelf, and I certainly should have got Rudolph. But dang, that hurts. Okay, okay. so I, what's the penalty in Name Your Tune? I, do I lose all well, the money? So now, so now ben, gets a, ben gets a point. Okay. 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 So Ben gets a point. We're playing best two out of three here. So Ben, you can wrap this up right here if you want on career rushing yards out of the top 10 career rushing yards. How many do you think you can name Ben? A little bit tougher, but I think I'm going to go for seven. I'm going to go for broke. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get seven here, Todd. Sam, you want to go for eight? Yeah, that, that's all you. You can get seven. You can go for all seven. Right. Ben. Go for it, Ben. Barry Sanders, Thurman Thomas, Terry Miller. Chuba Hubbard, Ollie Gordon might be too young. Um, nope. Justice Hill, um, Tatum Bell. There's six. Oh my gosh. Um, Joseph Randall. Um, no. Nope. Uh, Ten seconds. Finnamore. Um, nope. Um, I said Terry Miller. Um, Oh, oh no! We're a little oh, too greedy. No. Just a little too oh no! Thurman oh. Thomas one, Terry Miller two, David Thompson three, Kendall Hunter four, hmm. Barry Sanders five, Ernest Anderson six, Justice Hill seven, Chuba Hubbard eight, Tatum Bell nine. Oh, you know what? Upon further review, Joseph Randall is number 10. So, yes, you got wow. it. Wow. Nice. You got it. Wow. Woo. Okay. I miss Joseph Randall. They had him listed as Joe Randall, and it threw me off when I was looking ah. through the list. So, all right. So you got finished. it. So, you're the winner, but we're going to play one more round just for funsies, okay? Okay. So, Sam, you get first pick on this one. <clears throat> Leading receivers, top 10 all-time at Oklahoma State. How many can you name? This one might be a little tougher. Okay. I – uh I don't want to bid too much. I, I want to give Ben a chance at least to steal on me if if he wants. I'll I'll go six. That's what we've kind of been getting. I'll I'll say six. Ben, let's do seven, Todd. Let's do seven. All right, you going eight, Sam? No, I'm trying to think. <laughs> the worst feeling in the world is to get swept by anything, by your identical twin. So, uh. I'm trying to think what gives me the best chance. I'll, I'll hold off. Let's see what Ben All can right, do. Here comes the clock. Go for it. Tell me when. Go. Okay. Um. Um. Dez. Um. There's one. Justin Blackman. Uh, Hartley Dykes. Two. Three. Um. Uh. Bob Finnamore. Um. Still at three. Uh. 
uh, Tylen Wallace, um, James Washington, five, um, Brennan Presley, um, five. I am just getting killed right now. <laughs> oh, you didn't I, get I, it. I I I, lo- I lost it. Like receivers, OSU, it, it shouldn't be that hard. I mean. Um, no, and most of I them mean, are recent. Most uh, of them are recent as well. Here's the list: one Washington, James Washington; two Rashawn Woods. Yes, yeah, that hurts. Three Justin Blackman; yep. four Hartley Dykes; five Tylen Wallace; six Dewan Woods. Okay. Seven Marcel Aitman. Mm, yeah. Eight Des Bryant. Nine Dylan Stoner. Okay. Number ten Josh Stewart. Josh Stewart. Josh yeah. Stewart. Yeah. All right, so Ben officially wins our first battle of the twins, right? Wow. Okay, that's um a little disappointing, I think, for 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 both of us. We uh we would have probably liked to to at least name one tune. Um, man, I, at first I was worried you were actually going to go music talk. Ben, I try to watch Jeopardy every night at ten. That's kind of our <laughs> our, our show where we can compete a little bit. But it's the music categories that get me when they start bringing up box symphonies and all that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's rough to, to miss the Oklahoma state once, man. It's, it's always, uh, it's always the authors and the literature categories that get me, mm-hmm. uh, cause I was reading sports illustrated all the time as a kid. I wasn't <laughs> yeah. reading, you know, Jane Eyre or anything like that. Uh, all right, fellas, this will have to be a deal that we continue to do every time you're on, we're going to have a battle of the twins and we'll keep a running tally. And right now it's been one Sam zero. That sounds good. We'd love to do that. All right, uh, Ben Hutchins, Sam Hutchins, both of you guys, you can, whichever one wants to go first, tell everyone what you're working on right now over at HutchinsTwins.com and on the uh, Two on OSU podcast. Obviously, you're going to be in Arlington this weekend, right? That's we'll right. Todd, there. I have a fun story uh, I'm, I'm excited to work on. Leon Johnson, one of the best stories on Oklahoma State's team, comes from D3 George Fox, and now he's about to play in the football palace of the world, AT&T Stadium. So I talked to them after last game just about how much his life has changed. Um, he told me he got recognized at a guitar center in Oklahoma City, which kind of just blew his mind when a little toddler said, are you, are you Leon Johnson? Because that didn't happen at George Fox. So um, I got in depth with him a little bit on how much his life has changed. If uh, if you're going to read any story of mine before the, before the Big 12 Championship game kicks off, I'd encourage you to go check out that one that I'll have coming out pretty soon. I got a more painful story for Cowboy fans to read um, because to talk about the 2023 Big 12 Championship, you have to talk about the 2021 Big 12 Championship. So be on the lookout for that. There's some similarities there, Todd, that uh, I think are going to come to light when this one kicks off. The one good similarity is I won't be at an AAU basketball (laughs) tournament like I was at the uh, 2021, which was uh, that was a rough time. Uh, all right, fellas, I really appreciate it. Go subscribe to the Two on OSU pod. Go check out HutchinsTwins.com. Follow them on Twitter. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's Sam underscore Hutchins underscore. And the same for Ben, right? Ben underscore Hutchins underscore. That's exactly right. Ben made the change and I copied him about a, uh, a year ago. I just straight copied him. So credit ben, to you ben need for to, that formatting. You need to put that one on the calendar. He admitted that you were the first to something and he copied you. I'm sure that yeah. doesn't happen very often. No, it's, it's it's good to get an admission. All right, last thing, 130 yards out, we need somebody to set us up with a birdie putt, but only one of you can take the shot. Who's taking it? I think my short game's a little better. Ben, are you, ben probably won't admit that. Ben probably will not. That, that's tough to admit, but uh, I, I, I'm always confident in my short game. 
Because it's a scramble scenario and I need Sam's um, confidence as high as it can possibly be, I'll, I'll let him have this one. Just just for the mental for the mental game, Sam. Yes. You are going to be yards, that guy. 130 yards, you that's like it. a 9 or an 8 iron. I've been hitting that pretty well lately. but Well, unfortunately, both of you are wrong. The answer was me. Guys, <laughs> I appreciate you joining me. We'll get out on the link soon. Maybe we'll video it for everyone at selloutcrowd.com as well. Thanks to Jacqueline Musgrove. Thanks to Michael Lane, our creative director, Jacqueline Musgrove, our producer. We will talk to you next time on the Todd Pod. Mm-hmm.